0: Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with director Amina Casey about her cinematic interpretation of Peter Maxwell Davies' chamber opera, The Lighthouse. It's about <laughs> three lighthouse keepers <laughs> talking about a time where something went horribly wrong. I don't want to give too much away, but it's Sort of timely as well, because it's about how isolation has driven them mad in a way. <laughs> was that all planned? Was that just good luck?
1: Yeah, I think because um, I'm um, uh, so I know Irish uh, National Opera asked me to to. They approached me last February about about doing this opera. And I was like, Jesus. Pretty close to the bone, you know. <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> felt pretty mad at that stage. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it's 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 based on a true story, which is kind of the, the interesting part of it. And I think Maxwell Davies he, he he I think he you know he's dead now, so we have to speculate. But I you know, I think he wanted to put forward an idea of what happened as opposed to like, you know, this is a real thing. <laughs>
0: So that's it, isn't is All kind of everything is an interpretation, really. Yeah. Uh, anything that's
1: not actually the
0: physical event itself is a, is an interpretation, even an edit of it. So, sure, yeah, but it's, it's it's um it's a very beautiful, it's very um visually beautiful and and stylized. I'm I'm just wondering what's your approach so when you were asked to come on board with this um what's your approach to going okay we'll shoot this (laughs) do you know do you know kind of immediately the styles and the looks that you want to go for do you work with a team to get the aesthetic what's your uh process with this
1: oh thanks for saying it's it's nice it's it's uh, that's that's nice to hear you know you never quite know until people see it um no, it, it, it was like I was really excited by the proposition because they they wanted to obviously because of the context of being COVID and there was no live audiences. They wanted to do something for screen and they were kind of they I mean, they do loads of stuff for screen, but they were sort of interested in exploring, you know, something that's maybe a bit more cinematic than, say, some filmed opera normally is like a lot of time opera is shot just multi camera. Um, and it's all from the auditorium, just pointing at the stage. And uh, personally, I've always been kind of really fascinated by the idea of making putting opera on the big screen because it's, um, it, they're all big stories, it's all high stakes. And I think actually there's something kind of interesting about that, you know, because, you know, the big screen is, is, is similar, you know. So because there was going to be the screen version and then there's also going to be a live tour, we needed something that was going to work for everything yeah. <laughs> um so uh originally i thought i was going to do it like really realistic and like basically because because we had to build a set so we were going to build it all, is all that
0: time. traveling with you because it's beautiful like i love the the kind of striking it's almost like a fan style thing that changes
1: oh the, the, the light at like, the back like,
0: yeah yeah that's,
1: really cool. that's it because basically we wanted so it's like a, that's like a that's it's like an imitation of a Fresnel lens, and um, we kind of took artistic license with it because we wanted something that was going to be representative, but also could do different things to sort of suit the mood of the of the opera, or whatever. Um, and so we really just kind of originally I wanted to do it like really realistically and like like feel like put the audience as if they're like in the room with the singers. Um, but I realized through a lot of discussion with. Um, Bertie Wojnar, the uh, DOP and um, the designer, um, Anne-Marie Woods, that that probably wasn't gonna work actually because it's not true to what the opera is. Like the opera is actually, like it's really psychological real, but then there's these massive dream states and they have visions and they have flashbacks. And so it was gonna have to be something that was really flexible. So that's kind of how we arrived at the sort of something slightly more abstract. And we kind of we were um, looking at it a lot at like uh, early cinema techniques. Um, Yes,
0: I was. That's yeah, that I I had even noted that where I loved the way. Um, yeah, the, the way it, it opened up, I was like, God, it is like those kind of turn of the century sort of silent films as well. But, but I mean, it has, um, <laughs> well, I, I really needed the subtitles. It has subtitles as well. But even the pacing of it, I was like, it felt like, um, yeah, like one of those kind of silent films. And then the, the, the title cards. So I, yeah, that was really, it was really yeah. enjoyable as well because it suits the, the era so well.
1: It was kind of like because we knew that I think with with Apple, you do kind of have to have the text with it because sometimes they could say, sing one word for like 30 seconds, you know, so you you, so you just sometimes you need that assistance with it, I think. And um, so, uh, yes, we knew we were going to have to have text on screen. And um, I just really loved the idea of like trying to create something that's sort of vintage, but also that can sort of be. be flexible and um, yes, yeah, so sepia was like a really big thing we were kind of exploring and backlighting obviously and we were studying a lot of like I was just watching a lot of like um, uh, the Passion of St. Joan or um, cabinet of Dr. Caligari's cabinet. With that kind of dramatic feel But I, but
0: I love it because it's just that step out of reality and you feel it as well. Like it's it's really, um, it's just something that it's a real pleasure to watch, especially in this and oh, suit their mental state, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think because, you know, we also kind of felt like I think what film does really well is kind of sell realism. And I think um, that was kind of one of the challenges we had to overcome because opera isn't necessarily realistic. It's like big, brash, heightened so we kind of just wanted to do something. I think that's why the sort of, to just do something that was slightly more heightened kind of felt would sort of fit both with, but with both forms, I suppose.
0: And you're the person definitely to deliver that because you have your background in theater and then your filmmaking experience as the, as the uh, Bingham Ray New Talent Award winner oh yeah (laughs) Uh, award-winning filmmaking experience so it's a good kind of mesh of the of the two worlds Mm -hmm. Um, and you're directing the stage run of this as well that's
1: yeah yeah we're, we're in rehearsals at the minute um and so it has like a live tour that goes around um Ireland uh from the 20th of November um and uh so, yeah, so it's it's kind of it's it's it's, it's, it's and it's funny because I'm in rehearsals at the minute and we're going back through. And it's funny just how you have to adapt some of the scenes. You know, some things work great on the screen and then other things just don't translate. And so it, mostly we're not having to change too much, but it's it's been a really interesting exercise in terms of just how performance changes between the two mediums.
0: Yes definitely that was one I was going to ask because there were some beautiful subtle moments of emotion caught there that I was like that are gorgeous to watch on screen but like definitely if you're sitting in the back row you're you're not getting it at all you know and I was like I was like how are they going to do that live <laughs> but it but it was really lovely like the performers were amazing what how do you sort of work with your performance how do you elicit that emotion with
1: <laughs> I think it was just it was really lucky um, that Brenton Ryan, Ben McAteer and John Malloy just were really up for it, I think, you know, because it, they were really thrown into the deep end because they've just so much going on between like musically, like the music is quite challenging um, and then super detailed staging. But then also to have a camera in their face, um, it was re- like they, and they were just really they were they were just really up for it. and. Um, we 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 filmed over two weeks in um, in Theatre in, in Blanchardstown, and we kind of filmed about ten minutes a day. Um, so, and I think, funny enough, I think the hardest thing for them was the repetition of filming. You know, they just weren't used to that, just doing it over and over and over again, getting the different angles. I think they found that quite uh, quite hard to come come get their head around a bit um which I suppose you, you kind of just don't think about that you know and your
0: or, or you think that's the easiest thing instead of having to remember everything in one go like for me that's the, that would be the mind-blowing thing is to sit down and do everything live in front of an audience like continuously. yeah
1: that's true actually yeah like the thought of just kind of putting yourself your balls out there <laughs> um but I suppose it is getting into the, the
0: the movement of that and would you have worked with them I suppose it's it's funny now doing the rehearsals after the recording as well like you're like it is but I suppose it's it is a different medium
1: yeah, it is and it's it's um like there's some things uh yeah I think there's I think there's there's gains and then there's also things that that you kind of miss I think but going between both of them I think you know like something I would love more uh, is for us to be able to see the sort of state the set more because it's really like uh, the lighting designer Sinead Wallace did a really beautiful job of just you know really just creating the tone and feel of it yeah, it's um, stunning. and it's really lovely
0: and I I kind of think one of the things that are be- lovely to watch as a, as a viewer is the The difference in physicality, in the different moods and how they're captured, because it's the same space and you can clearly see it's the same space. And you think on screen, oh, maybe like, you know, like in a cinema, there's so much, or in a theater, live theater, there's so much more selling it and you're physically there. But it was like, actually, it really works. Like it looks like it's a completely different room almost in certain moments.
1: Yeah, I th- and, and she really because like effectively it's it's really just a giant ramp that the singers are on and just light. So it's uh, she's really she like and it, it, I think something that was really interesting was just really basic stuff that we realized when we got filming that, you know, we had sort of uh, had plotted out the lighting for the whole show. And then when we pointed the camera at it, we realized that. We had to bring all the levels down like by half just because you know the cinema cameras are just so much more sensitive so it was it was a really weird thing of like looking up at stage and them being almost in darkness but then on camera they looked nearly blown out of it you know (laughs) um so yeah the things you learn (laughs) and was this shot during one of the lockdowns yeah it was really eerie like we were just, there was, you know, I think there was about a crew of 20 just in the theatre for two weeks. Um, we rehearsed for, for three weeks before that as well. And um, So, uh, yeah, it was a bit, it was, it was kind of daunting, the idea of having to do 10 minutes a day just because I just wasn't used to, you know, that sort of working at that pace, um, even with three weeks rehearsal, actually, but um yeah no we, we we got there I think <laughs> yeah I suppose that is that's a short today, day really got no pressure <laughs> but then and then also we had you know COVID to deal with as well so really we were only filming you know we were losing about we we're only filming like 80% of the time because you know you have to you have all the the protocols you got to do to be safe and just with this the music and the the sound mix
0: is so important and you really get that sense of see like the how do you achieve that like um, are they singing like do you do a master of them singing live on stage or do you are they lip syncing to it, sure. or? it
1: it was funny because uh, you you obviously would love to have the orchestra the singers the camera team in the room all together but it just what it just wasn't it, well it we couldn't really done it because of COVID but actually it just wouldn't have been feasible in terms of filming because because of the issue of repetition you know people would get very tired very quickly and very hoarse and it just it just wouldn't work for their voices um, so we so everything was uh, recorded in Wimble Lane and then we basically had a, a track that we worked to bit like a bit like a music video, I suppose. Um, and and uh, but the lip syncing thing was such a you know, you had to get it on the second. Otherwise, you know, you couldn't use it or use a take or whatever. Um, but like it, interestingly, we got I think one of the most fun parts of it um, in the post production side um, was when we made the sound mix, the I had sort of planned to put in the whole sound design over the music, but actually Maxwell Davies Opera is so like, he's so precisely thought about every single note and what it's doing that we didn't need a sound design because he has like flutes that are like seagulls or like, you know, he's got these big drum swells that sound like waves. It's really, he was kind of a genius, you know, and really just, yeah it's a really fascinating opera actually and is this your
0: first sort of doing of this opera like is this your first kind of really working this material
1: the, this opera yeah i um I'd, I'd, I'd heard of it before um uh but I, I wasn't I wasn't that familiar with it and actually I hadn't done a lot of contemporary operas it's really uh contemporary operas are really kind of specific thing it's really kind of a, <laughs> an acquired taste um but uh so it was my first time doing that and actually it was I actually re- I, f- I found I really immersed myself in it actually is it really uh it's it, it's it's a different kind of appreciation I think but it's really sort of yeah I don't know he, he I think he's a really evocative composer actually
0: working with the material again so much and for such a long period of time how do you stay enamored with it like what do you do I'm sure you have to, I'm sure you've seen new things in it all the time as well as you're going through it but like what do you how do you kind yeah, of keep it fresh for yourself
1: it's fun it's funny because I like so uh, I started reading it beginning of February and was basically reading it every day until we finished until we until, until we delivered the DCP which was in June um and uh, that's not a lot of time. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> that is not a lot of time.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, God. we we edited the whole thing in two weeks. Um, and uh, Grony Gavigan did the edit, and she was just phenomenal. Like she just was so fast. Like she did an assembly. She'd ha- she had a full assembly in like a week. <laughs> because <laughs> it's so
0: polished,
1: like <laughs> it's so polished, and it feels so precise. That is just astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> um thanks yeah we we like I, I shot listed with English in my life I think as well so that kind of definitely helped the process um what but, the,
0: I suppose when things are in lockdown that's the time to be doing stuff because nothing is happening
1: yeah yeah exactly well I mean it was literally like I kind of I kind of dropped like like well basically I know wanted to do it fast so I knew that I was gonna have to basically just put most things on hold and just kind of go for it and um yeah it's it's a funny thing like maybe it's like Stockholm syndrome I don't know but like I never really got got sick of the opera I really just I I think because it's so layered um and like it's almost like the first time you listen to it it almost doesn't do it justice because it's actually every time I go back to it I go oh my god there's this whole other instrumental uh section that is just like oh that's you know I, I don't know <laughs> I'm not the music aficionado so
0: <laughs> so you would be, be after this um and and do you like what how do you kind of go about so you went into rehearsals is this a production that was sort of in the works beforehand did you come on to it or did you cast it and, and do everything from scratch from the beginning
1: um so so the because it's um all, all the roles uh, you have to you know you, you need a tenor for that role you need a bass or a baritone for that role so um, so I know would would cast it themselves um, like we did like we'd have conversations but it's really about sort of what they think will also because at the end of the day it's really about the music um, and so it's really that you know those voices are all going to work together and um so and then the conductor obviously is 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 across that as well Um so we had a, an Italian conductor called Neil Vanditti um who uh didn't know the opera at all and just kind of came over and did it and she was yeah she's she was she was great energy in the room I think
0: <laughs> and would you be there for all the recording sessions and everything as well or would you get a sort of final thing at the end of the day with when they were doing the um, it's
1: it's it's a funny thing because like when you're in rehearsals uh, it, the conductor and the director sit side by side and they're there for the whole, they're, they're usually together for the whole thing but usually like mostly the director's running that floor so when there's music rehearsals the conductor's running it so you kind of stay out of each other's way a bit um, and sort of like hopefully if you get along you can talk and debate things. <laughs> And luckily we did get along, so that was great, Um, but so yeah, so I would have gone into the recording sessions and stuff, but it really would have just been, uh, like I'd only really been there if they sort of had a question about intention or something like that, because it's really just for them about getting the music, and because the music is uh, largely atonal, it's really about sort of like ensuring that that they're doing that right, basically.
0: So that's interesting, because it's good to know, because obviously that's a, like it's a whole different world to know, like this is the protocol where you're like, this is your lane. You do not cross it. You know, like in film, it's like you were the author. But I do think definitely in theatre, it's more a writer slash than the director that has a yeah. different like they have very, very different roles as well.
1: 100 um, percent. And you can have and one of the like there's I find there's often a fear every time I start any anytime time I've started an opera production that the conductor might have very different attitudes about how how fast something should be played, because if they decide that a section of music is to go at twice the speed, then the staging has to go at twice the speed. <laughs> so there's always those kind of hairy moments where, you know, you're going, maybe can we just allow for that person to cross the stage? <laughs> <laughs> no, no this, is, <laughs> this is
0: how I hear it ah, the creative differences the different kinds There's <laughs> yeah. just different yeah but I'd say um it sounds like it sounds like a kind of an intense thing as well especially if it's all um like done quickly so like an opera of that kind I presume there's more is, is that the usual thing like for things to move that
1: quickly. <laughs> no, it's 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 like usually that people like people would have longer lead-in times and look uh, like luckily. So the designer, um, Anne Marie Woods, I would have worked with a lot before uh, on previous productions. So we kind of we were able to sort of cut to it very fast about sort of what we liked, what we didn't like, and general ambitions. And and I think as well a lot of our concept was was also determined by um that it's a show that has to fit in a lot of venues so it kind of has to be sort of flexible and and that kind of thing having said that our set is massive (laughs) (laughs)
0: pretty cool (laughs) Um, yeah and i was just this is another thing where I, i just wouldn't know is how much does a venue um affect and the space within that venue and the physical space the lighting the rig up how much would that affect a show
1: so it's going to seven venues and it's doing uh, 10 performances around Ireland over um, a few weeks. And some of the venues really do vary. So, you you know, a lot of the production meetings we're having at the minute is, you know, how are we going to do that section of staging? And, um, you know, we have a moment where the giant Fresnel lens sort of floats in from the ceiling, but some venues, you can't do that. So, you know, then you're just trying to find creative solutions for all these things. Um, so it's you know it's what keeps it interesting I suppose you just coming together and trying to you know problem solve I suppose I while know. also keeping the creative
0: <laughs> and managing everything and organizing <laughs> everything and making sure the visuals are okay and then doing marketing <laughs> no pressure <laughs> it uh, keeps you on your toes <laughs> so you've been sort of um you've you've come from the theater world and then moved into the film world You've done so well now and um, Algorithm has done so well <laughs> and you're working on so many cool projects in film and then this obviously is kind of like a hybrid so it's it's really suited. Do you ever go, mm, I'd love to just just go back to doing theatre and this has really wet my update? like do you sway between the two or is it just like my love is this, like how how does it work?
1: Uh, no, I, I honestly I don't miss theater. Um, I honestly don't, and and, and I, I'd sort of I'd I'd put I'd cut I'd put opera in a different category. I think opera is sort of actually I think opera is really closer to film than than theater is actually. Um, oh, so. interesting. Elaborate actually before we move <laughs> on. That's a, that's a really interesting. Um, I think I think it's that it's it's it, I think theater is very uh writer focused, very uh, performance creator focused, whereas opera, you, you know, you're very determined by the score. And, and I think cinema, you're very determined by, you know, similar similar things, it, it, it has to be a certain way. And like, there's a lot of like, as uh, fr- from a director point of view, like you do kind of have to storyboard operas, you know, you have to, you do have a kind of a shot list. And, you know, before you started, I would stage the whole opera before, um, before I commence, a bit like with film, I would shot list everything. And so I think that's kind of where I sort of find the connection with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, I really would love to explore this again at some point, like just this, maybe with a, a different, maybe more like a, a classical opera, just to sort of see what that would be like. Um, I think you'd have to, you definitely would have to adapt, I don't think you could do like a direct recreation of the opera but I think there's something I do think there's something in it as a as a as a medium and um uh, I think there's unexplored potential with it um so yeah so this
0: is your first sort of time doing something of of this style and and this nature what have you have you learned much and also I think doing it during COVID it's a special sort of (laughs)
1: <laughs> added pressure
0: and stress and cost to everything so i'm just wondering have you learned much or what would be your
1: yeah i think i think just um like definitely one of the things is like being super organized <laughs> and doing your homework um just kind of because i think i i think if, if we hadn't planned exactly how we were going to approach the shooting i think we would have been really goosed um and so just I think it, it was and it was really nice just to actually get into almost like a mini studio context because you're basically just like you're shooting on a set um, and you're not really moving for the day. So that, that was really that was really great because it just um, uh, yeah, it, I think it was an ambitious, an ambitious piece.
0: Have you had a cast and crew screening it?
1: Uh, no, we haven't. We haven't been able to do that uh, because of COVID, really. Like it, the, the, the screenings, uh, so the, 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 the screen version did a, a tour around Lighthouse, around Ireland um, during the summer, um, which was really cool. They got like an inflatable screen and um, sound system. They just put it up next to lighthouses in different places and like it played in the Aran Islands and all this kind of cool stuff. Um, it's fabulous. Um, I'm really excited to see in the cinema though I have to say like just to sort of I think like to see the to definitely see the sort of visuals and the performance in, at, at that scale but also I think just to hear the sort of orchestral music like to hear that like to hear that part of it in a um, in a cinema context I think would be really really interesting
0: and powerful like as well again like that that sounds system that that sound mix is just really beautiful
1: they they really like it's um it was done by ergodos uh and then and then finished in egg and they really um yeah it's 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 really sort of it's such a key part of it i think you know i mean being an opera i suppose
0: (laughs) (laughs) so um we can see it and just one question what are you working on anything now going forward are you doing something completely different so you're going to have your um your 10 performances after the 20th do you have your 2022 slate lined up? Or are you like, I'm going to take a break now for it? <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I'm I'm actually writing two films at the minute. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit full on at the minute, to be honest. I'm supposed to be getting married. So. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, my God. Having a wedding is almost like a production in itself. <laughs> So oh god been... <laughs> yeah so
0: many moving parts
1: <laughs> even like the call sheet said to be there at 12 that priest better be there <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so no i'm just i'm i'm riding at the minute um uh, I, i'm actually just back from um torino film lab i was i was over oh, in brilliant. Britain, um just uh doing early development on uh, uh uh, project that I'm hopefully going to do as a European co-production so yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll come back to us and chat about that now <laughs> soon <Yeah>, no. <laughs> we we'll have a bit more time than from February
0: till June that was <laughs> that that. <laughs> but okay so, so just everyone can see it. it will be in cinemas on one night only from Tuesday the 16th of November so um, make sure to, to get your ticket in for this um, it's, it's 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 a visual treat and it's performed so well and shot so beautifully. and and it like it will be something again, like I, I think the big screen and and a really fabulous sound system will, will will really do it justice. So I think there's there's plenty to see. And then if anyone wants to see the live show, uh, it's it's on a nationwide tour from the 20th of November. So thank you so much for chatting with us.
1: Thanks, Gemma. Thanks, Amelia, thanks, Bill Marlins.